Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the big dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I'm joined today with one co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Josh. What's going on? Let's get spooky, everybody. Josh, did you know that Whipstaff Manor is the same house that they filmed the Backstreet Boys video, Backstreet's Back in? Oh, God. I did not, but now that you mention it, I see it. I totally see it. I come in with the facts. I'm in here. I'm spitting facts, letting people know. Right off the bat, dude. <laughs> uh, that was a... That was a time, wasn't it? Backstreet Boys and NSYNC Wars. Holy shit, man. My, I grew up with an older sister and a younger sister, so they were into that shit. They were super... Oh, yeah. At the Spice Girls, 98 Degrees. Oh, God, it was so fucking awful because I had to hear it on both ends. Hanson? Oh, man, you already know it. <laughs> I remember that whole craze and the way that it impacted me was obviously through people in school, but also I had AOL around these early years. And back in a in the early AOL days, you would just like enter random chat rooms and they all had like a theme because like AOL, like chat systems were relatively new on the old school dial up days and like people didn't really know what to do with them. So they gave like rooms themes and then you would join the theme. But one theme that I used to join because I thought it was funny was Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC. I would join those AOL chats and just watch people argue with each other. I just thought it was funny. Oh, God, dude. Yeah. Just sit back and just grab a bunch of popcorn, you know? <laughs> yeah. I used to also join the Simpsons trivia chat room, which, I mean, I, I could never participate in because, like, these people were like, you know, the comic book guy in Simpsons. They were like that of Simpsons. Oh. The shit that people would ask in these episodes, like, what's the fucking taxi number in the episode where Homer has a brother or whatever? The shit Holy that people would ask is crazy. Fuck, yeah, duh. Couldn't do that with, like, my favorite show. Yeah, I could, yeah. I don't pay attention to minute details like that. Holy shit. What kind of Dude, fucking Simpsons question has is that? Some crazy fucking fans. <laughs> I'd want to punch somebody if they asked me a question like that. Hey, you join the Simpsons trivia chat room. You know what you're getting yourself into. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about the Simpsons. We're here to talk about another 90s property. I guess this isn't technically a 90s property, but this is a big part of it. The 1995 movie Casper. This movie had a $55 million budget and it made $287 million box office. So this movie was a smash success yeah Josh, I, I take it you watched this movie when you were a young man yeah speaking of my little sister this this was our jam this shit was lit when i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> was this before or after you started watching the nightmare on elm street movies oh definitely before because i didn't yeah <laughs> i didn't know what was like you know solid cinema <laughs> I mean, I watched this movie too around that time. It was, it was a big deal, man. The, the marketing push for this movie was like huge, huge. I don't know if you remember like the lead up to it, but there was a lot of commercials, a lot of billboards, a lot of hype surrounding this movie. 
I think I went to Universal Studios somewhere before this movie came out, and there was like a lot of promo within the park and stuff. There was a Pepsi commercial that I remember too. Really? Yeah. So I know there was a few of them, but one of them that I remember is like really awful. It shows scenes from the movie, and it shows Fatso getting sucked in the vacuum. And you know when he looks at Dr. Harvey and he says, This sucks. Yeah. They replace the audio with Pepsi. What? Yeah. And even as a kid, I was like, Okay, that's awful. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, that's... What? I tried to find that commercial online, and I can't find it. Oh, shit, man. It's like, oh, I could only find the Batman Pepsi commercial. It's not the right one. (laughs) Well, I found that other Pepsi commercial where, like, Casper, like, can't pull the Pepsi out of the fridge or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he, like, dives into the fridge and tries to pull the Pepsi out, but he can't because it's solid. Uh... I think that's the joke. I don't know. That's... Those clever bastards. <laughs> now, I don't remember any marketing. I just remember a post-Casper world. You know, like this movie, once it was like, had come out, it was, it was, it was everywhere. You know, it didn't they like reboot a cartoon series or something? I think they did. I believe uh, that they also started showing the old reruns. We got, it got so many sequels, you know? Yeah, it got it a direct sequel, which is just like an animated movie. And it also got the infamous Casper and Wendy, which I'm pretty sure stars Hilary Duff. A young oh. Hilary Duff. Oh. That's pretty cool, right? No? <laughs> <laughs> what is she up to? Oh, man. She probably has like an Instagram and like, I don't know, promotes makeup <laughs> or something. I have no idea. I'm making this up, but maybe it's true. Who knows? Anyway, this was a universal movie, like I mentioned. Steven Spielberg was an executive producer, which automatically just makes it a big deal. He was like Universal's like golden child for like a long time, you know? Yeah, uh, if he puts his name on something, you know it's going to be quality. Sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, are you suggesting AI isn't? I have really mixed feelings about AI and I'd love to do a podcast on it. That's one of the ones like, I wonder where Steve lands on a movie like AI. You know, my podcast co-host who sometimes hears Steve. I have a feeling Steve either hates that movie with like an unrelenting passion or he thinks it's a fucking masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) I find it fascinating. I don't know if I would call it good. I find it fascinating because, you know, it was originally supposed to be a Kubrick film and it kind of ping-ponged back and forth over year over the years. Yeah, that that there's like kind of an interesting story behind it. Yeah. One of the things that I like about that movie is that there's a Chris Rock robot. You kind of shoot me over the propeller thing? Yeah, I don't need to go through it. I, I was considering it, but I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it always made me wonder, like, are there a lot of Chris Rock robots? Like, does everyone have a Chris Rock robot? Like, imagine <laughs> Kubrick writing notes and a Chris Rock robot. <laughs> <laughs> are they mass produced? Right. But back on to Casper, it was a 1995 movie directed by Brad Silberling. Now, he wasn't the original director. They went through, they, they ended up changing directors. I forget the original guy's name. But Spielberg did want Steve Barron to direct this, who was the director of the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, a solid choice. 
Yeah, absolutely. And he wanted him to do it because of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but it didn't go that way. We got a different director. I do want to talk about the time this came out in. I kind of always have fun doing this. Um, I like to talk about other movies that were out at the same time. Maybe we can go over that a little bit. Oh, yeah. So this was May 26th, 1995 was when this one came out. So I'm going to tell you some other movies that were out around the same time. So in April 95, a little movie called Three Ninjas Knuckle Up came out. Oh, man. I, I'm not familiar with that film. It's a masterpiece, suffice to say. Yeah? Uh, well, I mean, is there a dance sequence? You know it. Oh, thank God. I'm going to have to check that one out. Is it even a 90s movie if there's not a dance sequence? <laughs> uh, the Jury Duty, the Polly Shore movie, came out mid-April. That was potentially out at the same time as Casper in theaters. Oh, one of, one of his big winners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pebble and the Penguin was an animated movie that came out mid-April. I feel like that movie was playing in my house a lot. My little brothers liked it. Shout out to Robert and Tyler. I know uh, one of my ex-girlfriends begged me to fucking watch that with her, but uh, I just never did. It's, yeah. No, what the fuck is that? There's another movie that came out in April called Top Dog. I just saw the poster, then I read like the the short synopsis. The poster is amazing. It's Chuck Norris and like a dog side by side as like cop partners. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a bad joke. It sounds Chuck like a Norris and a dog, they're cops. <laughs> it's oh, real. The dog sniffs out the crime and then Chuck Norris ends it. He smells crime. What he if he can smell crime? What if he can smell crime? That's amazing. A Goofy movie? That came out in April. I fucking love a Goofy movie. Me too. One of my favorite animated Disney movies, easily. Uh, here's one I'm sure you know. The Village of the Damned remake with Christopher Reeve. <laughs> oh, that was potentially playing at the same time as Casper in theater. So if you want to catch like a spooky movie, you got Casper, you got Village of the Damned. Oh, man, the, the double feature, you know? <laughs> uh, or you take your, your kids to go see Casper while you go watch Village of the Damned. <laughs> I, I take it you've seen that movie? Oh, I fucking love that movie. In, in an obvious, ironic sort of way. It's not... I find it pretty funny. Yeah. Also, Johnny Mnemonic, which is a big dumb movie classic, that came out <laughs> in May, so that was potentially playing at the same time as Casper. I only know that from your podcast. I've, it's one of the few Keanu Reeves movies I haven't seen. Cyberpunk classic, my friend. I'm telling you. Yeah? It is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. Yeah, I know it's got like a huge cult following. <laughs> yeah, it does. I know a guy that's like super into it, like unironically. Oh, um, There's a movie that I saw that, I mean, you've probably never seen. I've never seen. I've never even heard of it until I was looking at movies around this time. It's called Ice Cream Man. I've seen parts of this. It's like a Clint Howard horror movie, like Clint Howard's on the cover, which is just, yeah. you don't put him on the cover. I, I want to say I've stumbled across a few select scenes from that movie on YouTube. Like the main kid, like it's like he, the guy kills kids or some shit. Again, I haven't seen the whole thing. 
But like the main kid is like supposed to be a fat kid, but they clearly just shove a pillow uh, up his shirt, you know? <laughs> it's like so poor looking, you know? <laughs> Grandpa's stunt double in Three Ninjas is more convincing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's another movie that I really liked as a kid, also in May of 95. It's called A Little Princess. I didn't tell a lot of my guy friends that I was into a movie called A Little Princess because I would have been, you know, shunned from a group of boys. <laughs> but it's a good movie, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I like I uh, used to get those looks when I told people like growing up, you know, guys don't really give a shit. But like you say something like a you know, princess bride and automatically they're like, what? I'm like, no, watch it. That's fucking solid cinema, sir. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of one of those, too. And the last one I have written is also May of 95, of course. It's a movie called Problem Child 3. Oh. Have you seen Problem Child 3? I haven't seen the Problem Child movies in a while, uh, and I get them kind of mixed up. Right off the bat, like, you know, I just really remember John Ritter and Gilbert Gottfried and stuff like that. Yeah, John Ritter and Michael Oliver are not in Problem Child 3. They recast the main kid. They recast the dad. It is a really awful <laughs> third installment to the trilogy. It deviates so much from like what this series is. It's it's horrible. So it's, uh, you're you're saying he uh, befriends some Native Americans and fights evil white businessmen over you know garbage. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It is the Three Ninjas knuckle up of the Problem Child series. It definitely <laughs> is. Oh man, so. I'm not watching that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, unless, we, you know, somebody requests it. Maybe, yeah, maybe it'll be a podcast one day. <laughs> yeah. I don't see a whole lot of people, you know, asking for Problem Child 3, so I think we're good for now. Yeah. But on to Casper itself, we'll, we'll talk about the movie now. I think we can get right into it. This movie opens with like a haunted house scene. Josh, do you want to tell us about the haunted house scene? Yeah, it's kind of a play on your typical, you know, haunted house scene, couple kids who are clearly were, you know, dared or something into sneaking into this house and taking a picture as proof so they can have bragging rights for their friends. And they sneak in, it's all spooky, lightning, you're stereotypical you know haunted house played up for horror in this opening bit and they get in the house and they start arguing over who's going to take the picture because they both need it to be in the picture in order to look super wicked awesome you know <laughs> so uh as they begin to argue it's like a like a a monster kind of thing where you hide your monster for the first part of the movie, you know, like an opening kill. It's like your opening spook, and uh, Casper's like hidden, you know, you don't really see him, but you know he offers very nicely to take the picture for him, and he does, and you know, they they were they were you know kind of spooked, you know. Some would say you know frightened but they they hightail it out of there they sure do uh one of the kids is uh, squints paladoris from the sandlot oh really yeah he's the kid that uh forcibly kissed wendy peppercorn 
Okay. Oh, so all right. I knew that kid looked familiar. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'll look it up at another time. <laughs> what are you doing, Squints? <laughs> but yeah, that's the setup. So there's there's a house that's clearly, I guess, haunted. There's just some ghosts that like live there. It's just a little ghost problem, you know. We're gonna get Smarter. into this, but like, I don't really understand like the rules of what the fuck is going on in this movie. Like, at oh all, yeah, man. no, they're at one point the movie just straight up lies to you. It just straight up says this is a rule and then proceeds to break it for the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, we'll get into it. Yeah, I'm sure. After we learn that, like, all right, we got a haunted house. We see our villains of the movie. We got Kerrigan and Dibs. Dibs is played by Eric Idle, and Kerrigan is Kathy Moriarty. I don't really understand their relationship. I don't think yeah. it's ever explicitly said, there, like, uh, what it is. Uh, Maybe they're a couple. Maybe they're business partners. Maybe Dibs is her, her assistant or brother or fucking cousin. I don't know. See, uh, yeah... I, growing up, I was always under the impression that it was, like, her lawyer or something like that. But, yeah, rewatching it, they never say. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out the relationship, too. Maybe he's, like, her brave Sir Robin knight <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <the> protector. <laughs> Obviously, so, Eric Idle is famous from, like, Monty Python and stuff, and he's... He's a hidden gem. He's really over the top in this movie. He's kind of too good for this, I think. Like, he, I, don't, I feel kind of bad for him seeing him be in this movie. Really? I, I think, you know, uh, he, he was having a good time. Yeah? I hope so. I think so, because he... Not too... Like, I don't know. Not too terribly long after this. He did, like, a Disney Channel, like, exclusive movie where he also played a ghost. I guess that's what happens when you get older. You just want to do, like, kids' movies. <laughs> it's made for TV movies. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you know, maybe... Maybe it's a, uh... What's it? Julian Moore kind of situation in, uh... Jurassic Park 2. Maybe Eric Idle's paying off some kind of divorce settlement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> car payment but in the movie yeah kerrigan she she's getting like her father's will her father just passed and like the ben steins there doing a cameo and i guess the dad was super rich but he just left kerrigan with this mansion which she's like not that happy about dips this is all your fault as usual if you would have just forged the damn will you know, Carrigan, this is condemned seafront property. Dibs! Oh, Don't you get it? Flipper! Got more money than me! Carrigan! The deed's in there! Buccaneers and buried gold, Whipstaff doth a treasure hold. Treasure? Dibs! You ain't get it! Well, she didn't learn to be a flower. Wait, what? So, <laughs> like the three digits you duckle up, you know, you gotta learn to be oh a flower. My God. There's a reference everyone will get. <laughs> 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 she clearly has not watched Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. She's not. She's not at peace with her inner self. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. So she's she's like pissed. She's like, okay, I wanted all this money, but all I got was this old mansion. Which is, I mean, it's pretty fucking cool, but I mean, she's not happy about it. 
So like they take like the deed to the house and they throw it in the fire. And like in the fire, we get like a, a Lord of the Rings like style text like appears in the flames like on the deed. And it's like a it's like an old poem or something it says yeah. Buccaneers and buried gold whipstaff doth a treasure hold. So like they're stoked about it. they're like they see that text and like oh my god treasure there's treasure in the house but like you guys still fucking believe in treasure like how old are you like <laughs> what is this like you think you're gonna find treasure like what well, kind of little kid honest. shit is that how many opportunities are you gonna have in life to go on a treasure hunt <laughs> drop like, what you're doing and go on a treasure hunt surely they don't believe that there's treasure in this house just because there's like some fucking prints on a deed somehow that says that and like how did like, casper get that shit on the deed and like make it so that it comes only if there's fire well yeah i don't know right i it's, it's never really explained it i don't care but like yeah <laughs> <laughs> this, i think it's just a very convoluted kind of sloppy way to get these characters to the house you know, you could have used, you know, something a little bit better than oh, there's buried treasure. You know, maybe maybe like you know, she knew there was something in that house. It's her dad, right? I'm trying to think in my head like what would be like a good alternative and uh... still in the family jewels. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's treasure, Josh. We're we're trying to move away from treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Straight gold, like treasure, like gold? Man, was this guy, I didn't know my dad was a pirate. But anyway, so yeah, they, they want to go to this house. It's in Maine and they want to, I guess, look for treasure in the house. Okay, fuck it. Like, <laughs> that's what they're going to do. So they go to the mansion, but obviously that's where Casper and his like three crazy uncles are. And uh, they need to get these ghosts out of there. So that they can find the treasure or look for the treasure or whatever. There's some like little gags with them trying to get the ghosts out. And he... Yeah, there's like a montage of yeah, them trying different methods of getting rid of the ghost problem. Uh, you know, the exorcist guy. This guy as a kid used to crack my shit up. <laughs> so tell me, you have experience. I have quite a bit of experience. Not, you know, like exactly doing it but i've studied it and i talked to people who have done it i've seen the videos and i feel very confident that with my knowledge i could i could do it no problem then you can handle this it's no problem it's like no problem whatsoever piece of cake piece of crumb cake no no problem you know piece of cake you know <laughs> i'm glad that that like worked for someone at least because i had no idea what the fuck that guy was I knew he I was know. something. I know what I he is now. He's a 70s character from SNL. What? Yeah, he's a SNL character from the 70s. Really? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Guido Sarducci, man into the street. Hello, everybody. Hey, if the Russians had President Reagan hostage, would you trade yourself for him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> you. you wouldn't do it. No so I didn't even know that was a reference. Father Guido... Sarducci or whatever. He's played by Don Novello. I, I didn't know. That's seven levels above me. I just thought it was a funny accent. <laughs> Call me a simpleton. <laughs> they break his fucking neck, don't they? Yeah. 
right? It's like cartoon humor. Like, does he just die after that? Or is he going to try and twist his head back around? I like to think he, like, walks into the car. He starts it up. He drives off over a cliff. Like, he's just dead. Like <laughs> He, like, dies it- before the car even goes off the cliff. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know it was dead. And just drives. The big one, obviously, is uh, Ray Stance from Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Someone else. Like, as a kid, it was cute. As an adult, this is pretty insulting. I I feel the same way. I'm like, no, don't make the Ghostbusters look like some fucking bitches. Like, they took out Vigo. Like, come on. You do not casually take on Vigo. You know, Vigo the Carpathian yeah. is not to be trifled with. <laughs> Look, I feel like Slimer could have kicked the, like these like other ghosts' ass, right? Maybe it was just because he wasn't alone. Winston should have been there or something. Oh, yeah. If you had Egon with you, shit would have gotten done. Yeah, so they uh, they also try to get some construction guys in there to just like demo the house, but they just get scared away. After the Ghostbusters thing, like, that gag wasn't... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you you, you rode that high... The montage was right in the middle, and it kind of en- ended on, like, a, a fart. A wet fart. Yeah. Oh, they just scared him. We, we've seen that already. <laughs> they broke a dude's neck. They chased off a Ghostbuster. And then they just chased off some randos. Like, uh... Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just... But we see on the latest episode of Hard Copy, there is a expert, Dr. Harvey. He is what we call a ghost psychiatrist. <laughs> what he does is he travels across you the United States. You can't say ghost psychiatrist without me snickering. It's so fucking ridiculous. He's basically a huge fraud. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like one of those Miss Cleo types of exactly. the 90s. Exactly, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have an 800 number. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) The living impaired are known for haunting us. My question is, what's haunting them? It's a lack of resolution. Ghosts are simply spirits without resolution, with unfinished business. And it's my job to find out what that is. And so Dr. James Harvey continues his work, dragging his daughter along for the ride. This week, they're in Santa Fe, but next week, who knows? Now, from the- I mean, you got to make a living, I guess. He's a single dad. He found a job that pays, it's I like, suppose, whatever. Listen, call my 800 number, and I will, you know, talk to the ghost in your house. You just, you pick up the phone, leave it hanging, and I'll, I'll have a private conversation with him. You can leave the room. It's going to be about $5 per minute. <laughs> The thing, too, is that Casper is, like, watching TV, and he sees Dr. Harvey on hard copy, and then he sees Cat, and he's like, he gets, like, a little fucking ghost heart on. He's like, oh, shit. Dude. I gotta get them in my house. Like, I gotta... Like, it's oh very my. lonely here. Casper <laughs> is trying to fuck. <laughs> he's trying to do something, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> he gets such a hard on for... That he, like, ghost beams over to Kerrigan's hotel room or whatever the fuck. Like, is that a thing? Can ghosts ghost beam through electricity? 
I don't understand the rules in this movie at all, so I'm not even going to question it, but he definitely does go through, like, the electrical wires and, like, turns on her TV and shit. It's it's good enough logic that the House on Haunted Hill remake also did it. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to do a podcast on that movie, Josh. I. I grew yeah. up on that movie. Dude, so you remember when the the house changes the guest lists. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I just like Chris Kattan ghost at the end. Like that's my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> Chris Kattan is me through the whole movie. Imagine if you like were in a haunted place and you saw a ghost, but it was Chris Kattan. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold it up. No vanilla. Just hold it there. <laughs> The the ghost of Chris Kattan's career. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's going to have to be like on our Halloween episodes coming up. (laughs) All right, done, settled. So Doc Harvey and his daughter, a young Christina Ricci, they move in to Whipstaff. They're hired by Kerrigan and Dibs. She says, all right. There's ghosts in here. You're a ghost psychiatrist, whatever the fuck that means. I need you to get him out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they tell him, you know, do it do it in like a couple days. If you could, that would be awesome. We had the Ghostbusters here. They they couldn't get him out, but I'm sure fucking the the president of the United States can handle it, right? Well, you know, Corey, he he will not go quietly into the night, and he will not give up without a fight. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so you hire the best. I just gotta say, I do like Bill Pullman. Like he's cool. Yes, I I I I'll fucking love Bill Pullman as an actor. Now, yeah. as a kid, this always get, this movie always gave me kind of like Beetlejuice vibes. In this movie, he looks strikingly similar to Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice. That's a good point. I had a couple moments when I was I was thinking about Beetlejuice on my rewatch, and I was like, right? wouldn't it be funny if like the Maitlands were there or whatever? Kerrigan, you know, hires Beetlejuice or whatever to get rid of the Casper. Oh Casper my god! Different movie. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's the shit. Ca- uh, fucking Beetlejuice versus Casper. I'm sign me up, dude. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> so when the family of Dr. Harvey and Kat move into the house. They, you know, they're kind of like settling in. They just see it as like a creepy house, but it's fine. This looks like a dope house to me. I'd I'd love to live there. (laughs) It is a very cool house. It's a cool set. The production design in this movie is really good, I think. It's like one of the strongest things about this movie. Yeah, it's one of the most memorable things. It's a a pretty well-made movie. The CG is good, very good, I'd say. Actually, I don't know if it's CG technically, but it looks great. They did it smart by kind of making it look cartoony. Exactly. So it doesn't bother you that it is kind of, you know, an obvious special effect, you know? Right. And the transparency comes off really well. I think as intended, like where it's transparent, but you can also see the figure well enough to understand what it is. I think it works really well. One of the things, though, I mean, if we're talking, like, production, the pacing of this movie is, like, insane. It This movie moves at, like, a breakneck pace, and it's, like, almost impossible to tell how much time has passed at any given point. I was literally going to break that up. Casper waits f- no time and immediately tries to bang Cat, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> the, she's in her room for like two seconds and he's like all right working on his like pickup lines and everything debating whether or not he should just whip it out <laughs> he's like hey cat do you like snakes <laughs> how about a trouser snake no <laughs> What the fuck are you waiting for? She went for the setup. Reach in your pants and pull your cock out, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. And you know, he doesn't have to worry about pulling out. <laughs> oh, Josh, that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody. <laughs> so wrong. All right. So, yeah, he does make contact with Kat, and naturally she she screams passes out and immediately calls for her dad who doesn't believe her that there's ghosts in the house because he's a huge fraud but yes that was the funniest thing ever he's immediately like come on like ghosts aren't real come on what do you think (laughs) i've been doing all along he's just hustling old people like uh like those conjuring couple like what are they called (laughs) oh oh the, the the warrens yeah I wonder yeah. if I'm going to get some hate for saying that, but yeah, come oh. on, people. Yeah, no, those were con artists. <laughs> <laughs> so let the movies yeah. fool you, people. <laughs> yeah, he's just like this movie universe's version of them. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah he, he freaks out when he sees Casper, but I, I have to f- like hone in on that for a second because the scream he delivers when he sees Casper is... So stupid. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Yeah, well, do you think they gave him the direction of go for comedy or go for, you know, like a a genuine scream? Here's the direction I think they gave him. You just had a stroke, but you're trying to scream. That's right. It's like side of his face kind of cocks weird. Like yeah. mouth weird, weird. Pushes to the side. I don't know. It's weird, right? Now that you bring it up, there's something wrong about his scream. It always got my attention. Like in in a movie like this, when you're like ten, nothing should like catch your attention like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, the the uncles. Casper has three uncles. Why don't you tell us about them? Yeah, this is our introduction to the uncles. There's Stinky, Fatso, uh, and the Blue Ranger? What's the other one? Stretch? Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, Yeah. Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) I had no idea what the fuck, like, these were characters, like, as a kid. But, you know, they're also in the old cartoon, right? I have no idea. I only had like the vaguest familiarity with Casper as a property when this movie came out, as I think a lot of my kids in our generation did. It was like our parents or grandparents like era of cartoon or comic, whatever it was. I think it was both actually. Now, why is it now skipping ahead when Kerrigan becomes a ghost? It looks like Kerrigan. What do these guys look like that in real life? What the fuck? (laughs) They look like mutants. Yeah, they're like freak show people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what kind of situ- living arrangements was going on here? Is Casper living with his three uncles? What the fuck? Yeah, I have no idea why. Because he, he had like a dad. I don't know. 
I don't know what the fuck. Where, where, yeah, they never establish any sort of relationship between the uncles and the dad. Who, like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, Casper clearly died some point. Did they, did they, like, where did they come in the picture? They never really established any sort of timeline. They don't, and I guess to some degree it doesn't matter, but it's just, like, one of the many instances of things that don't make sense in this movie. But, yeah. uh, what's your favorite uncle? <sighs> I gotta go Stretch. Str- there's something about, he's... A little, like, stereotypical New York kind of, you know? Yeah. I didn't find any one super t- particularly, like, uh, you know, funnier than the rest. They were. I always think of them as, like, an entendre, you know? I, I can get behind that. Fatso's obviously, like, the fat guy. He talks about food a lot, so, like, that's his whole gimmick. <laughs> Do you have a personal favorite? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was cool to like Stinky when I was a kid, because yeah. like as a young boy that's like ten years old, you like you know burping in the face jokes and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's when you start to get into that kind of humor. So I, I was into him, and I, I think m- my cousins were too. We watched this movie together a lot. Stretch, I guess, is like the leader. He's like the main one, but I mean, personality-wise, they're all just kind of like rude in your face. Obnoxious kind of guy. Hey guys! <laughs> oh, look, it's Casper! You know, on a scale of one to ten, ten being fun and one being you. Yeah, we had fun. <laughs> Say, Bulbhead, why ain't you inside doing your chores? Yeah, where's dinner? I'm starving. Look at me, I'm wasting away. <laughs> I know. How about you guys relax out here and tonight we'll eat our fresco? Hey, sounds great. Who's that? Say short shit, you wouldn't be trying to keep us out of the house, would ya? No! They're all the Moes. <laughs> They're all just Moes instead of, you know, Mo. uh, uh, fuck. The Blue Ranger and the other students. <laughs> yeah, Mo, the Blue Ranger, and, uh... Grimlock? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Dr. Harvey has, like, a face-off with them, like... They're, like, scaring the shit out of him and, like, getting in his face. But at one point, they possess him. And Yeah, there's a cute little gag where he's... It's like a, a poltergeist kind of moment, right? Where he's, like, in the mirror, in front of the mirror. But instead of, you know, ripping his own face off, he starts to <laughs> morph into other celebrities. Yeah, he starts gonna... to morph into the movie's cameos. There's a lot of cameos in this movie. But... This movie is slept full of cameos. You can't go five minutes without a cameo. <laughs> Especially like the first act. But Clint Eastwood is one of them. I, I guess that represents Stretch. Uh Oh, I, di- I didn't even think about it in terms of that. Oh, man. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Rodney Dangerfield. Fatso. They have like the similar sounding voice. And I think Mel Gibson is... Stinky, stinky because i think it's supposed to be like irony like the stinky gross oh. guy is actually the handsome mel gibson oh oh i i never would have like put all this shit together but when you put it like that that's like so fucking cute clever that makes sense i hope that's like a real thing these are the kind of discussions me and my friends had about this movie like <laughs> well and th- right after you know he gets you know spooked out by the mirror 
He turns around and Fatso's already behind him. So clearly Fatso slipped out of his butthole, right? Slipped out <laughs> yeah. like a fart. Yeah. You didn't feel that like wet, that draft coming out of your butthole, man? <laughs> I guess not. But yeah, they just start fucking with him, right? And then he like challenges him to a duel. Yeah, they have like an Adams Family style like sword fight. And uh, he uses a plunger. They like sword fight up the stairs. It's kind of cutely choreographed. I mean, it's not meant to be taken serious. It's cute, right? No, I agree with that. Yeah. It culminates in him finding a vacuum cleaner. And does he at least temporarily incapacitate them? Or are they just fucking with him? I think he does, but again, it doesn't make sense. So they could just go through the vacuum bag. Like, they they seem to have, like, semi-infinite power. Like, why just go through the bag, you know? Are Are you telling me? That a fucking Ghostbuster couldn't couldn't take these ghosts on, but a vacuum cleaner? That was the solution. Yeah, what the fuck? They can resist a proton pack? Yeah. Yeah, are you telling me... Wh- wh- whatever they insinuate happened, I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I do want to touch on one thing during the sword fight when Dr. Harvey has, like, the plunger. He, like plunges the front of Stretch's face and, like, stretches him. So, I I don't know if you remember the trailers for this movie, but it, like, introduced the uncles, and it said, like, Stinky, and he did, like, uh, his stinky breath. And then it said, like, Fatso, and it showed him, like, eating. And it said Stretch, and it always showed that scene where he was being stretched with the plunger. (laughs) But, like, they made it seem like they all had, like, these unique quirks like stretch could stretch but now i'm pretty sure he's just called stretch because he's like thin and that's like an old-timey like nickname for someone who's thin like hey stretch yeah i'm stretch yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey how you doing there stretch i'll take a a pack of cigarettes you kiss but but yeah he doesn't like stretch anyway i don't know just an observation Uh, he doesn't he doesn't do like dalsam punches (laughs) yeah he's not like in there like (laughs) <laughs> Stretch Armstrong, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. He's not uh, Mr. Fantasticking his way around. Exactly. <laughs> so the next day, there's still like a little bit of tension between Dr. Harvey, Cat, and the ghosts, obviously, although Casper like kind of makes contact with Cat and is like, look, I'm cool. They're fucking crazy, but I'm cool, so like, don't be scared of me. We'll make you breakfast. Yeah, he makes her breakfast. Why don't you tell us about that? They have a conversation, Cat and Casper. And they kind of start talking about the rules of the movie. And this is where the movie just straight up blatantly lies in your face. She asks, can I hurt you? He says no. And then she asks, well, can you hurt me? And he says no. And then the movie proceeds to disprove that throughout because (laughs) ghosts are definitely capable of killing you. The whole third act is is disproving that one line. <laughs> exactly. Just straight. I mean, we're going to brush over the fact that, like, all right, let's say, you know, Bill Pullman lost that sword fight. What, you know, got stabbed. That would have killed him, you know. But then uh, Kerrigan punt like fucking uppercuts, you know, <laughs> Eric Idle into the spike pit. <laughs> yeah. He gets shot to space. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the ghosts are definitely going to kill you. So, they have breakfast, you know, trying to ease the tension, and then the fatso, stretch, and stinky just show up and fuck with Bill Pullman some more. They, what is the point of them eating food? Is it just to be a dick? It's weird. Like, I, I think they have to. Otherwise, it would undermine the point of having one of them be fatso. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, why is he fatso always talking about food? Unless these people are actually eating. I don't, yeah, that's so boggling. Like, I don't get it. So, I don't know. I'm very confused by this scene. I always thought that they just did it just to be a dick, but... You know, they do kind of like imply that they need to eat, right? Yeah, I don't know if they need to so much as they just like to. They like to do human-esque things, which actually I'm going to save some of that for a little bit later. Um, so more <laughs> on that to come. But to close out the breakfast scene, after like Cat leaves and goes to school, probably my favorite moment of that whole bit is that Dr. Harvey like turns around and he's like, all right, time to stop being a fraud. And he's like, all right, guys, why don't you enjoy your breakfast and we'll start talking about uh, what it takes to get you guys crossed over to the other side. And like, they just literally throw shit at him, like literal (laughs) shit. Like a bucket of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, that they didn't like... Because, you know, when they eat and the food comes out of them, it's not like poop. It's just like crushed up food. Like they're eating like donuts or something. And then like as it goes through their body, it's just like little crushed up bits of donuts on the floor, which Casper tries to clean up. That's not what they throw at him. They found shit somewhere. Like they went into like the sewage or something like they they retrieved poop and they threw it at him. They went out of their way. They took the extra steps to find locate some poop. The 10 year old in me appreciates seeing poop because poop is funny well played my man yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's a funny gag yeah uh, we got to talk about cat going to school and again this this just goes to show like the point that i talked about about how this is a very cliched scene right it is, but also like how fast paced this movie is, like and like <laughs> how much like time spans so quickly. So she's at school, she meets Vic and Amber, who are a couple like semi prominent players. They have like a little subplot in the movie. So like Vic is like the cute guy. Oh yeah. He's the Rocky of the <laughs> Yeah, he's the Rocky. <laughs> Amber is like the blonde haired popular girl that's just like mean for no reason. Yeah. And just like fucking hates Cat. For no reason, right? It's... Maybe it's because she's like jealous of her. She's like pretty or something. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> claim to understand the mind of a teenage girl, but you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't either, but m- yeah, maybe she's just jealous it's Christina Ritchie. And yeah. she's like the main character. And that's what <laughs> the script calls for. <laughs> Yeah, it's very literal, yeah. I like how uh, Vic has, like, the Fonzie move to open Cat's locker. Like, she can't open the locker, and he comes up, and he, like, pounds it in the right spot, and it just, like, pops open. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very classy move. 
What a cool guy, right? <laughs> Dude, this guy's so fucking cool. He's too cool for school. <laughs> and uh, in class, Cat gets introduced by the teacher. He says, we have a new student, Harvey Kathleen. <laughs> and then, like, everyone laughs because, like, the first name is Harvey, like a man's name. Here's the thing, dude. You're a fucking... You're, you're a grown adult. You see the new kid in school is clearly a female. And you, you introduce her as Harvey. Like, you know her first name's Kathleen. Like, just say Kathleen Harvey. Like, what is this? He's just setting her up for failure. Well, unless he always, like, introduces everybody, you know, last name, first name. In which case, these kids should be used to... It shouldn't surprise them, right? Yeah. But they're having, like, a, a Halloween dance planned for the entire school, I guess. They're like, yeah, it turns out we're, we're going to have to have it in January. <laughs> and in order to save it, Gretchen Wieners volunteers to have it at her house. <laughs> yeah, but, like, on not, on, not only at her house, on, like, her fancy boathouse. And the whole school, or the whole class is just like, ah... Like, wh- why not? Like, what's the fucking problem? Well, you gotta deal with her, I'm assuming. <laughs> she, <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> she's just You're a right. bundle of charisma. <laughs> One of the kids, like, volunteers to have it at Kat's house. Like, she has no say in the matter. He's just yeah. like, yo, teach. Check it out, dog. It's like this, yo. <laughs> <laughs> We're dead for the Halloween dance, right, my guy? We could have it at her house. She's the new kid. She basically has no say. No, I'm saying. <laughs> He's like going hard on the sling, on like the urban sling. But yeah, I don't know. It, it always struck me as odd that they just like volunteer her house. And like she she literally never gets a response to this. What if she said yeah? And then like the next day she's like, you know what? My dad said nope. Plus like all the local kids know like never go in that fucking house. Right. And then they're and just, like, like, super cool with having a Halloween dance there. So the school wouldn't need to, you know, I don't know, check the premises out, you know? Make sure it's safe for the kids. I don't Make know. sure there's like, no fucking ghosts. Yeah, like, I, the, the whole school is just cool with it. Because like, <laughs> they ask where she's living, and she says, like, I'm, I'm at Whipstaff. And everyone, like, gasps. I think the next question would be like, why are you living there? And then she'd be like, well, my dad's a ghost psychiatrist and the place is haunted. <laughs> and then they'd be like, okay, we'll have the dance at the boathouse. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine she says, my dad's a ghost psychiatrist and they just laugh. Well, he's he's, he's the famous Dr. Harvey. He had an episode of hard copy. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of s- f- psychics, quote unquote, was on that show too. <laughs> Like I, that, I, I don't know what the premise of that show was, but clearly they're you know promoting fraud. So, so yeah, they're gonna have the dance at her place later on. Like Vic, handsome guy or whatever, shows up at her house. Vic Valentine or whatever the. Fuck. And he says like, "Oh, do you want to like be be my date for the dance?" Basically, and she says, "Yeah," because he's like '90s handsome guy, but Casper's all jealous. I want to talk about this now, actually. I know it's jumping ahead a little bit, but this whole thing is like a prank on Kat, right? Like, he doesn't really want to go with her. <laughs> They're going to punk her. After they get her real good, Ashton Kutcher's going to come out and said, You got fucking punked, yo! I mean, basically, they, they, they have this elaborate prank. So I'm going to jump a little bit ahead here. At the night of the dance, 
they like sneak in in a different room, Amber and Vic, and they're they're gonna like scare Cat, I guess. She stands on like Vic's shoulders, and like has Halloween makeup on, and she's like looking at herself in the mirror during that point. She's like, "Oh my god, we look so fucking scary." <laughs> Dude, you're just someone on someone else's shoulders with Halloween makeup on Halloween. Like, it's not that scary. Like, what do you it's think? It's that one girl from class. <laughs> She's on Vic's shoulders. <laughs> like, do you really think you're going to convince anyone? Yeah. No, they're just going to think you've got some kind of elaborate costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you do. And it's not Which great. Which you do. And it's not, it's not great, you know? Uh, it's what a terrible prank. I mean, somebody should have told her what you got to do is go out, slaughter a pig, put all the pig's blood into a bucket. Now you got to wait for the right moment and dump it all on cat. Yeah. You got to really be babysitting the string that holds the bucket though for like 10 minutes, like in anticipation <laughs> right yeah it's you've got to wait for that right moment you it's gonna it's gonna work it's gonna land everybody's gonna find it very funny uh, a little bit later on cat and casper well i guess mostly cat they find like casper's old room or, or like the attic or something and it's just like train sets and like old timey toys they set up that casper doesn't remember anything about his life so i guess as a way to help him she set up this whole toy toy set thing to you know help him out but like that implies he didn't he didn't know like it was a surprise what was he doing was he jacking off in the next room yeah because i forgot they went to the lighthouse like after casper finds out that she has a date for the thing he like forcibly carries her to the nearby lighthouse like she's like screaming for him to stop and like begging him he says him. you don't want to take me on a date I'm gonna drop you off this fu- out this fucking window bitch <laughs> when you're dead you'll be mine forever <laughs> and that near death experience gives her Stockholm Syndrome it does but yeah he like carries her to like the fucking lighthouse where like Willem Dafoe and like Robert Pattinson are like jacking off furiously and like <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, handsome lad, with eyes as bright as a lady. <laughs> when they're like having their cute moments, and there's just you know the silence. You'd hear the just the faint sounds of them going at it. Yeah, like Robert Pattinson is like brutally murdering a seagull, and like you see Casper flying <laughs> overhead carrying like cat. <laughs> he's he's like just just ignore that. So that's a thing. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved. <laughs> she really did not want to go there. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. Casper. Casper, no! Don't, Casper, no! Casper, no! 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 Casper, no! Oh my God! Hi, this is very high. But yeah, they find Casper's room, and he remembers his life, at least some portions of it, like around the time he died. Anything noteworthy to you about that? Well, I know at one point he says the creepiest thing ever. Cat. 
That's I almost forgot about that moment. Not not what you want to hear coming from a ghost, you know? Then proceeds to drop you out the window because you said no. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you're fucked, bitch. Can I keep you? (laughs) No. Then I'm going to drop you out the window some more. (laughs) Can I fucking keep you now? (laughs) Do it over and over. (laughs) I don't know if I can keep this up forever, cat. You tell Dr. Harvey about this and you're fucking dead, bitch. (laughs) Uh, Things took a dark turn. The movie isn't that dark. That's just our wild imaginations. Casper the friendly ghost, everybody. Yeah, he's friendly. He will forcibly carry you to a lighthouse by your ankle while you're hanging upside down, screaming no at the top of your lungs. He will be your friend whether you like it or not. Exactly. <laughs> so Casper's life, he he was a young boy that had a sled that died of probably pneumonia, right? I'm assuming, but I liked uh, I did a, a review on my channel for this movie called Jack Frost, and at one point, some kid got decapitated by a sled, so I like to imagine that's how Casper really went out. That's the true backstory, yeah. <laughs> that's the true backstory? He got beheaded by a sled? Well, I mean, Casper's story is like, it's just whatever, it's just filler, for, so we know a little bit about him being a real person, and we can make that relation like later on. But I gotta say... I really love the song that's playing when he's telling the story. It's called Casper's Lullaby. It's part of the score. I think Uh this is James Horner that did the music. And I really like the music. And that piece of music, it's one of my favorite pieces of music in any movie, to be honest. I love it a lot. I'm going to have it play right now, so copyright claim incoming. Man, what a beautiful score. Yeah. Sounds delicious. The movie also tells us that Casper's dad was also a mad scientist of some sort. Oh, God, yeah. So this comes into play late, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. They, we're, I'm, this late, we're just supposed to buy it and roll. Just roll with it. Tell You know what? Casper's dad was a mad scientist. We ain't got time to get into it. <laughs> But he almost, or no, he did discover some kind of potion that will turn a ghost into a human, but just kept it all Never got years? around to using it, that guy. He's he kind of an alcoholic. To- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just got to say, when Casper remembers and he shows Cat like his dad's crazy inventions, it's just, I don't know, it's just a Rube Goldberg machine, isn't it? Like, almost, yeah. like, out of nowhere. <laughs> just like, okay, check this out. Just sit in this chair. Oh, yeah, you Is know it... these tracks that were up here on the stairs? Yeah, you never noticed that before. No big deal. Not like, a there's, big a, deal. there's a set of tracks that the chair follows, clearly. And then you have to fight some guy like Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, uh, Christina Ritchie's like fighting like the the shirtless Indian guy from Tipple of Doom <laughs> on the way down to the basement. Well, when she starts going down the floorboards, for a few seconds, it's like a nightmare 
fucking like there's like strobe lights and like laughter playing like I don't care how pristine or how how well timed that thing was I would never set up a bunch of razors just you know because one day what if one of the cogs just you know just rust a little bit you know well it's just two razors that move up and down that's just gonna fucking cut up your face no matter how like there's no way it's gonna contour to the exact shape of your face it's just gonna slice your shit up i know right like and the chair doesn't stop and let the razors get you're still moving while the razors are running how do you yeah (laughs) it's like if you survive this then you're ready to start the day (laughs) i mean honestly i feel like casper's dad probably spent more time setting this up than he did the the bring my my ghost kid back to life machine yeah maybe that maybe that's why he never got around to doing it he was too busy tweaking with the fucking chair casper's like hey dad you gonna work on the potion some more no, uh, I'm gonna set up this razor thing. Look how fucking sweet this thing is, though, right? But why does it like have to have like the crazy like strobe lights with laughter playing before that? Like, what is the necessity of it? Like, it, uh, it doesn't for, need to be there. Uh, it's for this scene. <laughs> in case somebody that isn't me gets in this chair. I'm gonna fucking spook him real good. Yeah, it's just to fuck with people. Like, <laughs> they're gonna hear this right before my razor slice their face <laughs> off because it's it's time to my facial structure and not anybody else's. <laughs> it does not seem that exact. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at one point, like, Eric Idle is able to just, like, pull his arms up and, like, ca- karate chop these. That would slice your hands up, bro. Yeah, you can't fight, like, mechanical razors. Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Like, he's gonna, like, what are you... show down with him? Like... Yeah, you gonna parry it? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Casper explains the Lazarus machine, like you mentioned. It's the machine that brings ghosts back, but, like, the, the really crucial component is the Kool-Aid, the red Kool-Aid that you, you pour in it. Like, that's the most yeah, the, important part. The magic potion? No, I promise it's science. <laughs> no. It's just Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's like, how did you scientifically... Through a potion, I can make a ghost into a real person. Give them back their flesh and bones and... Presumably, like... Soul? I don't know. Like, what the fuck? Just, it's, it's more or less magic. I don't care what the movie tells you. The movie's already established that it's going to lie to your face. <laughs> yeah, it, it has. Because the villains do show up and they steal the potion when, like, Cat tries to use it on Casper to bring him back to life. So the, the villains are, are Kerrigan and Dibs. They take it and then they immediately, like, turn on each other because their whole thing is they want the treasure, like we talked about at the beginning, and they think it's in this, like, vault. They think it's in the underground da- uh, dungeon lab. The dungeon lab, yeah, but it has a vault in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh as they're, like, overhearing, uh, or as they're sneaking in, they hear Casper say, me and my dad used to play pirates, and then he quotes what the map says, and if you have half a brain cell, guess where this is going? 
That's a fake meta treasure map. Well, they, it must mean that there's really treasure somewhere in there, right? Because they used to play yeah. pirates, obviously. Well, yeah, obviously. They didn't make believe. <laughs> He's a man of science. He doesn't make believe, okay? <laughs> For all they know, if he could do this with that potion, maybe he made a potion that just makes gold, right? It's magic. <laughs> Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> As a small note of irony, they... They have like the button to the Lazarus machine in the Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein book, which is a story about like not using science to bring people back to life. <laughs> so that's the, I don't know, it's kind of a funny. Bit Rather of irony. than like, you know, thinking these questions through, she just, uh, Kerrigan decides, you know what, let me just go ahead and fucking kill Eric Idle and we'll figure it out later. So this is where the editing gets really bad. I mean, for the most part, it's fine, but it's it's really bad when she's trying to kill Eric Idle. Yeah, she starts chasing him through the hall, and I'm assuming you're talking about it cuts back to him, and he's already in a full plate of armor? Yes. And he's, like, set up a three ninjas trap? Yeah. <laughs> like a Home Alone fucking, like, <laughs> he has, like, the pudding on the floor or whatever. She falls out the fucking window. Is fine. Hard cut. He's downstairs in no armor. Oh yeah, that took thirty seconds. I feel like uh, uh, did the movie imply that it it took literally thirty seconds, or are they in, insinuating there were a few minutes in between, or do they just not care? They they don't show the passing of time in this movie. Like I said, it's very weird. Like things just like one thing leads to the next thing, and like just that's it. Deal with it, Dick. <laughs> it's not our problem. But Kerrigan, she gets in the car. She tries to like run over Dibs. She ends up almost driving off a cliff, but then gets out of her car and falls out and like. She falls down like a Ninja Turtles 3 cliff, like into water, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish they would have used a similar shot. You know, the guy just suddenly isn't there anymore. Yeah, like the falling down <laughs> green screen where they, they shrink the image like to make it look like they're falling. Yeah. So, uh, as, you know, Eric Idle quips off the side of the ledge, final form boss, final boss Car uh, Carrigan shows up and is... Like, I don't know, why is she, like, a super ghost? She's a ghost for, like, 30 seconds, and she's, like, knows how to do all of her ghost powers? I think she, like, she died, and then she went to, like, King Kai's, like, planet and, like, <laughs> trained with him for a while, and then, like, came back, like, stronger. Like, she could do, <laughs> she could do, like, a spirit bomb now. Yeah! <laughs> like, half circle, half circle, A... And then we're, we're done. Super move. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. I, I find it a little weird that she's a ghost for a second and is just the shit. You know? It's like when the, the bad guy in the mask puts on the mask for the first time and he's somehow like just this ultimate fucking badass. He's like the uber mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He becomes like the super shredder mask or whatever. It's actually like, like the same like visual gag or like style too because yeah. she has hair as a ghost and just like yeah. the dorian in the mask has hair when he puts on the mask 
Like, he, he's the mask with it's hair. It's the same. Oh, my God. And Casper's bald. And Jim Carrey's mask is bald. Oh, my God. Yeah. Illuminati <laughs> confirmed. Good guys are bald. Bad guys are <laughs> <laughs> I feel like an image of, of Bruce Willis needs to go up. <laughs> we can talk about Kerrigan here. Like, she, like you said, she's like the uber ghost. She steals the treasure. And she has, like, the potion. Well, I guess, like... She's like, Dibs has the potion, and she's like, I don't know, her and Dibs had this whole plan where, like, one of them's gonna die, the other one's gonna bring the person back, but, like, they don't trust each other enough to go through with this at all. <laughs> Eric Idle's like, you know what? I was told earlier, ghosts can't hurt me. And then she just uppercuts him out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking shirukens him into space. Yeah! <laughs> He's dead. He's gone. But yeah, the the rules are so stupid. So here we go. How come some people die and become ghosts in this movie? Why the fuck does it happen? Unfinished business? This is all it they say. That's, they'd be everywhere. A, they'd be everywhere. Everyone would know about ghosts. No one would give a shit. They're so selective about who becomes ghosts when you die. Death is basically meaningless in this movie because you can just like still hang out as a ghost and interact with the physical world. So what's the fucking difference? Right, yeah, it's a hand wave of an explanation. It is. Just, it's just the force, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. And not only that, like, she looks just like the actress. So <laughs> She has, she has it, lipstick, for crying out loud. It, well, yeah, why does, like, that logic apply to her ghost and not literally the other like the only other ghost in this movie she stands out for some reason something special about her I guess it's to not confuse the audience but then it just looks stupid yeah it would be funny actually if she just like was like a like a Casper kind of ghost <laughs> yeah if she had like a like I don't know like the swoop head you know like I don't huh. what's funny to me though like is since she gets the treasure, she has the potion, she clearly has the upper hand. Like, Casper and Cat, to, like, defeat her, they have to, like, remind God that, like, she's not supposed to be there. <laughs> or do they have to remind God, or do they have to convince her? Of convince, make her convince herself. No, that's everything you need right there. Well, it seems like a higher force, like, actually has control over who stays and goes in terms of ghosts. As soon as, like, they tell God, like, she doesn't have any unfinished business, like, she, like, <laughs> disappears into uh, hell or they, heaven, I don't know. They, they get in touch with, like, customer service. <laughs> we got a ghost here. Uh, they definitively have everything they wanted. We settled their unfinished business. They admitted They're it. You heard them, God. <laughs> they like after she says that like so i don't know like somebody like rips open their shirt they're like wearing a wire <laughs> <laughs> yeah like casper has like a wire he's like you got that on ghost tape. wire bitch it's directly beaming to god <laughs> <laughs> god's on the other end of it like with like a headset ladies and gentlemen we got him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then like after she clearly starts to like you know teleport out or beam out or whatever the fuck she's like trying to convince everybody else she wants more like if that's as if that's gonna work you know she's like oh no 
I could have I could have used a like a horse, a pony, you know? Nice car. All ghosts have unfinished business. That's why they don't cross over. Unfinished business? I have no unfinished business. I have my treasure, my mansion. I have everything. I'm just perfect. <laughs> wait, wait! I lied! I have unfinished business! Lots of unfinished business! I I'm not ready to cross over yet! I at least need to open this fucking treasure chest. That's a piece of unfinished business, is it not? <laughs> yeah. Having the box is not what your goal. It's what's inside of it. Well, well, that's what leads me to believe like they had to convince her, uh, make her convince herself. Like, don't even look in the box. It's in your hand. You got it. Right? What's in the box is potentially valuable, right? What's in the fucking box? It's like an an old Brooklyn Dodgers player like signed baseball. I don't know. That might be valuable. I think, right? It's like, it's like Gwyneth Paltrow's head done. And don't worry about that. No. <laughs> oh, oh, no. This is the subplot where... Who's called him? Uh, Alec Baldwin. He looks just like Alec Baldwin. Bill Pullman's like gone out drinking with the boys, you know? Just boys yes. not out. Dr. Harvey is getting drunk with some ghosts, as you do. As you do. I Dude, I'm not going to lie. If I had a chance to get drunk with some ghosts, I'd do it. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. They literally go to a bar and drink, which is cool. But like the only person in the bar is like a passed out patron, I assume. I don't know if they killed the bartender or what, but like, he's not around. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I didn't even notice that guy until like a, a, like my second watch. You know, like I was like, oh, my God. I'd, how long has that guy been there? And it was like partway through the scene in my second watch. I was like, I've never noticed this guy. He was passed out. Did When did he pass out? Did he see the ghost? Is he just cool with it? Did he see he saw them Thursday? and then passed out. I'd like to think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just partying, and the uncles decide, like, this guy's pretty fucking cool and, like, funny when he's wasted. Let's, like, murder him and just make him a ghost. Yeah, yeah, because ghosts can't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Remember I that. Mean, ghosts sure. can't hurt you. <laughs> I mean, they're literally, one of them has a gun. At some point, they're going <laughs> to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> ghosts can't hurt you <laughs> but yeah so i mean they want they want to murder him out of friendship though uh, yeah it's a good kind of murder they're doing it from a place of good yeah that makes it okay yeah they just want him to be a ghost and since he's like in like the drunk i love you man phase like they feel bad about it because he's like you know what you guys are all right and he's doing the whole drunken <laughs> Fucking he bro said, speech. Possessions nine tenths of the law. I'll take this up with legal court. Tell him you guys rightfully own this place. Yeah, he's gonna like go to court on behalf of some ghosts. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and just dies anyway. <laughs> yeah, so right in front of the bar, apparently, there's like two feet outside of the bar, there's an open trench that I guess is deep enough to where if you fall, you fucking die. And the city was just cool with it. That seems like the worst possible place to have an open trench in front of a bar where drunk people are going to be stumbling out, but okay. <laughs> I feel like the city was like, nah, 
keep it. It's going to be very funny. Oh my God. I, I know what it is. It's the Ghostbusters digging to get into this, <laughs> to find the slime. <laughs> That's what it is. They're, they're down there, like, trying to get away from the pink slime. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing, like, the unsanctioned, like, dig, like, in the city that they're not allowed to do. Hey, what? You boneheads are going to come and rouse me out again? I got 3,000 phones out in Granite Hills. I got about 8 million miles of cable I got to check. You're going to come and shake my monkey tree again? What are you talking about, buddy? The phone lines are over there. What did I say to you? The phone lines oh. are over there. Oh, that's <laughs> they got to get back and tell Vinkman, uh, interrupt Vinkman's date, and tell them what they saw. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Dr. Harvey just fucking dies in a pit. And he becomes a ghost dad. A good kind of ghost dad and not the Bill Cosby kind of ghost dad. <laughs> this is the good Bill. <laughs> Bill Pullman is he's okay. <laughs> yeah, he becomes ghost dad. He is a ghost with a green uh sweater and glasses and a little beard. <laughs> Again, like yeah, let's make the ghost look like the actor. We said like the for the most part the ghosts look okay because they play this like cartoony look, but it doesn't look as you know believable for like the other like the the dad and um, Kerrigan, where they try to make them look like the actors, they stick out a little bit more like sore thumbs and just yeah. in terms of design. Exactly. And I was just thinking about this, actually. There's a lot of people that die in this movie. <laughs> yeah. The dad dies. Kerrigan dies. Eric Idle potentially dies. And the, yeah. the priest probably dies. <laughs> and then, like, not only that, they're, like, swearing a bunch, too. Eric Idle just straight calls Kerrigan a bitch. <laughs> He's like, you're such a fucking bitch all the time. No. He said, aw, eat a fucking cock, you whore. He doesn't say it like that. Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he says he's going to get a dog, and it's going to be a bitch just like you. I'm like, what? <laughs> what a weird thing to say to someone. Oh, you can horn me all you want. But it's going to be in a great, big, expensive house with lovely purple wallpaper and great big green carpets and a little dog called Carrigan, a bitch just like you. I didn't look it up. Is this movie PG? Oh, it is PG. I just looked it up. Oh, my God. (laughs) They should have tried to push in an (laughs) F-bomb. Might as well. What would be the good moment for that? Can I fucking keep you? (laughs) Can I fuck you? (laughs) (laughs) Then he drops her out the window. You can fit in one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie, but not in a PG movie, so it it can't happen. That's what I'm saying. They should have went for the (laughs) PG-13. Just dropping that F-bomb. Can I fuck you? He says no. Then he drops her out the window. Oh, God. No, I have to cut that out. I'm so sorry. Where were we? Ghost dad. They gotta bring him back to life. That's right. So he shows up and he's like, I guess if you die drunk, you're a drunk ghost, right? I'm free! I've never felt so good in my life! I can fly! 
Yeah. What? Uh, how does that work? He, did he like? Because he didn't even remember his daughter, and it was implied that Casper just forgot over time. He just like, I don't give a shit. You know, like you instantly forget. They don't establish any of these rules, and if they did, I, they would just probably lie and contradict it anyway. Yeah, but Cat, like, does the pinky promise thing to, like, make him remember. He's like, is this a breathalyzer? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking drunk ghost. <laughs> but, yeah, so they use the potion to bring him back to life instead of Casper, obviously. It, it kind of brings up the question of like what this machine actually does because presumably his dead body is in like a ditch in front of a bar but now there's another oh. so like someone's gonna find that body and be like identify it as like oh my god this is dr harvey the famous ghost <laughs> oh fraud my. guy but then there's gonna be another one that's actually alive with the same clothes I didn't think about it like that but oh my god it's like the prestige yeah it's a cloning <laughs> machine yeah it's a cloning machine, dude. Oh my god. It's gonna have like a hundred clones. Kill them all. To keep a secret. It's the fucking prestige. <laughs> He's just gonna blame Christian Bale. I mean, if you think about it, that seems to be the case for like a lot of movies that have this kind of technology. Like even the fly, right? Like that yeah. just kills you and creates a copy of you right <laughs> yeah right yeah no uh i've seen I, well you're the track person i've seen that same argument made about the you know beam me up scotty or whatever that you're broken down to your molecules killed and then like put back together piece by piece or something i don't know yeah so there is some explanation to, to support that those don't actually kill you transporters I've seen like a lot of forums on this and people have made some really solid like sci-fi arguments. Obviously it's not real, so you can't make a super scientific argument. But from the point of sci-fi, there is an explanation. I don't remember it, but there is one, suffice to well, say. Well, it's a good thing this movie doesn't run on science and it runs on magic. Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> it's like just magic potions. And, but trust me, they're science. So the dad is brought back, he's cloned, and his soul is put in the clone <laughs> body, which has the same clothes. That's pretty cool. It cloned his clothes, too. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but meanwhile, there's a whole, like, Halloween party going on upstairs. I think we forgot to say this, but the whole fucking school arrives at the same time to her house. Oh, yeah. And by the time they get downstairs... They've already set up all these like Halloween decorations and a like, DJ who, and a DJ. They set up all this like in five minutes. Seems pretty elaborate. You know, I just thought it was weird that they all get there at the same time. And I think it's funny in movies too, like how people have like the non like specific characters for Halloween costumes. All like there's no fucking Power Rangers, you know, like there would be in <laughs> 1995. Somebody, as, like somebody's dressed up as a carrot. Somebody's yeah, dressed like up a, as like some weird. Yeah, <laughs> there's a carrot. There's one of them is a nun smoking a cigar. It's, and that was a child. Yeah, a nun smoking a cigar. <laughs> kid, that was their costume. Oh man, that's cool. That's so awesome. What's great is like the, right around this time is when the the bullies or whatever the fuck they're scared out of the house by 
you know, stinky stretch. They really need a like a entendre name. I don't want to name them individually. They need like they're the ghostly the, trio. The ghost three are they the ghostly trio? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Well, I'm not a Casper lore person, so I didn't know there was an actual term for them. The ghostly trio scare off the bullies. I, mean, I did some deep research of watching the movie once, so that's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh if you notice like they're like laughed out of the party i right and the teacher is like celebrating too there's a he's like front frame front and center and he's like applauding just as hard as the kids like you're a teacher man you're on the clock bro like you're You're chaperoning this dance be a little professional (laughs) whatever dude he's probably just like fucking drinking in the corner or whatever teachers do Imagine telling a parent, yeah, I laughed at your kid. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and everybody watched me. And I'm just surprised one of the bad guys from uh, Three Ninjas uh, Knuckle Up didn't pull out a switchblade. You know, that would have been nuts. What, like the two Abobos? <laughs> uh, no, like the Red Decks from Knuckle Up. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking of Kickback. <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah they pull out switchblades and try to knife the kid in the pizza parlor yeah <laughs> i gotta talk about cat's dress so like when she's up there with casper and they're like rifling through all his old former shit she finds this dress and it's meant to be like i don't know like her really nice dress that she's gonna wear to the dance even though earlier she said she wanted a costume Whatever. She, dude, she implies to her dad that she wants a sexy costume. And that's, I feel like that's kind of weird to hear now. <laughs> At the time, I didn't get it. But, like, that, I, that's the implication I got, you know? Yeah, maybe, Sorry. maybe to a degree. I mean, she's like, she's getting older or whatever. She wants to, like, get, she wants to attract cute boys, I guess. Devin Sawas <laughs> of the world. Um, <laughs> But her dress is awful. I fucking hate it. It's, it's so bad. Well, it's literally Casper's dead mom's <laughs> wedding dress, right? Yeah, it's like her old-timey wedding dress, yeah. Probably smells like shit. It's been in the <laughs> attic for God knows how long. It smells like a corpse. <laughs> Casper's like, I, I pulled this off my mom's corpse. Does it fit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look great, but whatever, it's fine. Um, so after... Kerrigan is thwarted and Eric Idle is murdered. We kind of get like the end, like the end closure, which is a Cinderella moment. Cat's dead mom comes back as an angel. Why don't you tell us about that, Josh? (laughs) Cat's mom comes back as like a fairy godmother, and some just because you're an angel, I guess they. Well, I mean, if. You've got the power of God back in you, you know. Maybe you can give somebody a Cinderella moment, you know. But she, like, they tell Casper, we'll give you one night to be human. You've never done anything noble enough up until this point to earn this right. But now's a special circumstance. And while I'm in town, I'm going to go talk to my my husband. Tell him I've moved on. You know, not not a thing. But... (laughs) He, he like, says, you know, can I get till midnight? They're like, now you're 12. And it was at that moment, I was like, all of these kids are supposed to be fucking 12? They all look 14, 15, 16. Like, there's no way these kids are 12. Well, you know, they're always, like, a little bit older than 
than they're cast as. I mean, traditionally, if they were cast as like 15 or 16 year olds, they would probably be 25 in the real world. Yeah, so. I was about to say, one of them's like scratching their five o'clock shadow. Yeah, teach. I'm 12. <laughs> yeah, the nun smoking a cigar is probably a real cigar. <laughs> He's like, I picked up a bad smoking habit. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Bill Pullman has his moment with his, you know, dead wife. And un- unfortunately, you know, she won't let him hit it. She's like, no, I'm an angel. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> oh, what a shame. What, what a waste. He, he spent his whole career searching for her to hit it one more time. Yeah, he's like, what do you think I've been doing all these years? Come on. Just, come on, just touch it. <laughs> I feel like she felt like she did a good job. But I don't feel like she did a good job by, like, easing <laughs> Bill Pullman's pain, you know? She's like, ah, you'll get over it. Trust me. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, I mean, you're a fucking angel, I guess. <laughs> you have powers. She's like, no, if you gotta... Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a baseball game to catch. And she, like, goes to the Angels of the Outfield. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go make a kid think his dad's gonna love him again. (laughs) She does look remarkably like the angel that's massaging uh, Adrian Brody's shoulders in Angels (laughs) in the Outfield. So, maybe... I got a report on duty for this baseball game. We made a promise. <laughs> I'm about to fuck up this kid's whole life. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so here's the big moment. Casper is made a real boy again in a very, like, Pinocchio-esque fashion. He gets to become <laughs> Junior Floyd from Little Giants, a.k.a. the actor Devin Sawa. That guy's, he's cool, right? I mean, that guy was in some I'm things. I'm going to be honest, I didn't even catch that was Devin Sawa. That, oh, really? That, that's young Devin Sawa? Yeah, you didn't catch him from The Fanatic fame with John Travolta, <laughs> directed by Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm used to him looking like, you know, just a douchebag. <laughs> nah, notice. he's cool. Uh, I actually know him, I'm most familiar with him from the movie Idle Hands. Oh, I yeah. don't know if you're familiar with that. Was he a child actor? This is news to me. Oh, yeah. So he'd been acting for a couple years. I mean, he, he was in a few things. He was in another movie with Christina Ricci, actually, somewhere around this time. But yeah, he was in Little Giants. He was like a prominent player in that. And then like as the 90s moved on, he started to be like kind of like a teen or like a, I don't know, young man in his 20s playing a teen and things like SLC Punk. Uh, Idle Hands is a familiar one to me as well. Then, of course, later, like, Final Destination was, was a big one for him. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate then, Devin you know, Sawa. He's all right. I never see him, and I'm like, fuck him. He's cool. <laughs> well, um, then he, you know, struck gold with the fanatic, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know what? Here's the thing. I never know what random actors are going to end up listening to our podcast. So, like, <laughs> after that Surf Ninjas fiasco, you never know. If you're if you happen to be listening to this, Devin, I I am a huge fan. I'm just I'm just razzing you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the fanatic, mm, solid. <laughs> That's another I one love I would it. love to do a podcast on. Like seriously. Directed by Fred Durst, you know. Exactly. But during uh, 
his transformation as as a human. Like they have like a dance, but they they start flying, right? Do they start f- floating? Yeah, they start like floating. And I know it caught me off guard when you know they all broke out into the Backstreets back dance. You know. <laughs> yeah, he looked like <laughs> Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if uh, What if that music video is just like happens to be taking place at the same time as the Halloween dance? You know. <laughs> but he does get to kiss Cat, and then he turns into Casper like immediately after. And the whole student body sees this and screams and runs away. But I gotta speak on that because when they scream and everyone's like hair, like f- like flies yeah. up, I- I've-, I've always hated it. Yeah, especially since they, the movie's been a little slapsticky, a little tongue in cheek, a little cartoonish, but it nothing like that, right? That that kind of stands out because. Yeah, like, we've seen characters react to this ghost before throughout the movie, and they didn't, you know, their hair wasn't all, like, George of the Jungle and shit. No, you just get your neck broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah other characters run into these ghosts, you know, they get fucking chopped up with weapons and <laughs> shit, you know? Like The ghost can't hurt you. Casper said it. Ghost can't hurt you. Uppercut! <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like this would end on like a like a you know mass media moment, like an I am Iron Man type of thing. Like ghosts are real, everybody. Countless, countless people saw it. There's so many witnesses. Yeah. So I guess ghosts are real. The whole party leaves. Casper's a ghost again, and they end it on like a stupid, horrible music number. Oh God. That's another thing that kind of reminded me of Beetlejuice. I was like, it's not, it's not as cool, though. <laughs> no. No, not quite. Uh, is it a, rin, a, di- a new rendition of the Casper theme? Yeah. Played by the you know, the ghostly trio? Exactly. I, I guess everybody's all friends now. You know? Power of friendship. I never really understood, and I still don't understand the transition of Dr. Harvey being like at odds with the ghosts and then being cool with him and like taking him out to go drinking. I never really quite got it. It just happens like suddenly. Um, yeah, uh, well, you know, maybe they really bonded over those few beers. I'd like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, let's go into ratings. I think, I think it's time. Why don't you go first, Josh on any rating scale you want? What are you going to give Casper? Go ahead, hit it. If average was, you know, just right down the middle of five on, uh, out of ten, then I would go maybe six and a half, you know? Maybe seven if I'm feeling generous. That seems fair. This movie's cute, charming. I wasn't, you know, face palming at any point. I, I feel nostalgic for it, but I don't know if it... Somebody else going into it new may, you know, feel the same way, may find it cute, charming. I'd like to think so. It's definitely something you could still probably show your kids, Mm. you know? But somebody older, I don't know if it would hold up for them. It holds up for me. And I think it's a pretty, pretty, slightly above average type of movie. I'm going to give it, I'm going to say right now how I'm feeling six out of ten cloning machines 
I don't think it's necessarily like bad. It is kind of stupid, and it's yeah. it it doesn't make sense. That's for sure. But the song from the score, Casper's Lullaby alone, really bumps this up for me. Like seriously, I love that piece of music. I can't understate that. It it really is one of my favorite pieces of music for movies, <laughs> and uh, that that just elevates it. I mean, you know, I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I watched it a lot as a kid. It reminds me of a very specific time in my life, which is probably always a good way to get me to give a movie a higher rating than I would otherwise. <laughs> yeah, uh, just yeah. the The house design alone is, I think, is pretty fantastic. Yeah, the production design is great in this movie, and it looks really good. I mean, they did. They made a high quality movie. They didn't like fuck around. They were definitely like trying to do what they did with the Flintstones and put a lot into this and make it like a big event movie, which I think it did end up being pretty successfully. Now, if they had put just as much effort into something like, I don't know, like a Street Fighter or a Mario Brothers movie, maybe the video game movie stigma wouldn't be as you know notorious as it was you know be kind of like the cartoon adaptation you know, live action type of thing where like they're okay but you know like Flintstones is okay you know I haven't seen it in a while but it's nothing to get horribly offended over I think you know it's not like three ninjas knuckle up where me and you were just miserable you know in that way this movie is the polar opposite of three ninjas knuckle up in terms of like production value yeah like a lot of the not only like set design but like the lighting and the way the the shots are set up is like very nicely handled in this movie like a very professional production as where three ninjas knuckle up is thrown together like bullshit and i feel bad saying that to a degree because of what happened to the director like he was like abducted and like a prisoner for like so long and they had to like go through all this shit and which is really sad but the movie's still bad even though that happened to him so you know it is what it is you know what i mean three ninjas knuckle up stock good though uh, no it's not how do we always end up talking about ninja movies maybe because uh, we have a ninja series here at big dumb movie oh yeah that's still ongoing <laughs> I have a feeling it will forever be ongoing. Like, once we have enough episodes, it'll just be part of, like, an endless playlist. Yeah, I know, right? Like, what other movies can we drudge up? <laughs> this movie references a ninja. Throw it in. Throw it in Throw the pile. It in. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, this is something me and Corey have been talking about. Uh, in like, in, Maybe the audience, maybe you could clear it up. Do you guys consider Double Dragon a ninja movie? Good question. I would really like to know the answer to that. We we don't know, but you know, we're going to review it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter. But do you guys consider them ninjas? <laughs> Bimmy and Jimmy. Bimmy and Jimmy. Uh, that's that's a completely fuck up. Josh where can our listeners find you if they want to check out your videos? All right. So as of right now, I'm on a minor hiatus uh, on my channel. So, but if you would like to check out some of my content, you can go to Review Inc. Uh, or type Review D O D Review Dude, and I make fun of movies. It's what I do. 
Yes, indeed. If you listeners at home want to write in, you can email us at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. Our Instagram is bigdumbmoviepodcast. If you're listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Leave us a comment. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a written review and five stars if you're feeling friendly. Any final words for the audience, Josh? Um, remember, ghosts can't hurt you. Unless they can. That's important. <laughs> and yeah, unless, you know, uppercut. Unless that uppercut catches you off guard, they can't hurt you. Or gun. Or unless that gun catches you off guard, <laughs> they can't hurt you. It's been a good time. Thank you for joining me, Josh. Thank you all for listening. We love you. Good night. <laughs>